This is the Virgin Radio Pridecast with Alex Milsom and Shivani Dave. It's Christmas Eve, the tree is finally up and I've only got a couple more presents to wrap. Everything is feeling rather festive. But turn off Mariah Carey for a second because I'm Alex Milsom. <laughs> You're literally like, move over Mariah, Alex Milsom is here. <laughs> But seriously, move over, Mariah, because I'm Shivani Dave. And this is the Virgin Radio Pridecast. Welcome back. How have you been, Alex? I made a really, really like rapid last-ditch attempt to get all of my family's Christmas presents. So I travelled back from London to my family home in Kent and <laughs> got home. And I forgot that I ordered all of them to here. Thought it was It was smart. But I have so many presents that I need to wrap back at the home. It's ridiculous. But Merry Christmas, enough... everyone! <laughs> Do you have like enough paper for that? Um, I'm not 100% certain. I might just re-box <laughs> them into other um, like some Amazon and some other provider boxes that I ordered stuff from and just put them in there and then maybe put a bow in it. Just be like... so, so this is what I did. I put a few boxes that I got sort of... It wasn't, it wasn't like, you know a disgusting beaten up box that had been set out in the rain. It was like a sort of a nice looking box. Everything I bought was like packaged up nicely in the box and I put it under our tree. And then I was told that that wasn't adequate wrapping. So I had to go put little bows and ribbons and name tags on them. Who is here talking about adequate wrapping? You're going to rip it off in about four seconds of getting the parcel. Exactly. Exactly. This is my point. That, that just makes no sense. And also, can you... Oh, no, actually, I'm, I'm all about reducing the waste. I'm like, it's Christmas, we're going to be a bit indulgent, but, like, why would you have to wrap something that is pre-wrapped? It's, it's pre-wrapped. pre-wrapped. Well, you could, like, you know, completely humour the situation and put it in another box and in another box <laughs> and sort of have it like um, the Russian dolls. You could do that. I don't think I want to start any fights Christmas morning. <laughs> that's like christmas afternoon a couple of mulled wines down after having eaten yourself silly i don't want to mm-hmm. start the day in a big family row you know before we go in with the podcast walk me through what your christmas day looks like what in actual fact do you start on christmas eve do you start on christmas day how does it work for you so growing up my family never really did christmas um when i was really young we had a tree um that would come out of the attic every year and would have a few really sorry looking decorations on but we never really did Christmas it was more just because we were so young and then it became a day that my family and I just sort of sat at home and watched you know the EastEnders special of of whatever it was EastEnders and Corey specials um but now that I'm in my own flat what I'm gonna do is have on Christmas Eve a bunch of friends, when I say a bunch, two friends come round. <laughs> two friends come round who wouldn't have had anywhere else to be, so they would have been spending Christmas alone. So their family either live away or too far to travel or um, are high risk and they don't want to risk that. So people who would have otherwise been alone at Christmas coming around to my house, we're going to have a nice big spread doing the turkey, doing all the you know trimmings, pigs in blankets hopefully going to make enough food to last me for about two weeks after Christmas. Um, and yeah, like, I think it's going to be like my first proper Christmas spread. That's really exciting. I'm very excited for you. That does sound, And also, it, it is a very big commitment to say that you are going to put on an entire Christmas spread. Like I did a small roasty on Sunday and I was already pulling out several hairs at the follicle level. 
Um, yeah, I've started to look at the menu research planning stuff in terms of like making the itinerary for what I do at what time so everything comes out of the oven on time. How people have done this every year and then like are excited to do it again the next year, I'm already overwhelmed with stress. I can't deal with it's it. It's Christmas, that's why. <laughs> it's just Christmas. I, I can't I can't match you on that one. I we just open presents on Christmas Day. Um, and what do you a few eat? of us. Uh, what do we eat? A Christmas dinner. <laughs> nice. Um nice. a very nice Christmas dinner. I don't know what is what's on the cards. Um, but I'm just excited for it. It's just the closer it gets to the time, the more excited I am just about, oh, it's Christmas. And also I've got two really young new family members who are starting to wise up to what Christmas is, not just because they get Christmas presents, but also seeing them like plod around. I had a, a video of my niece with a, like a stocking, you know, the stockings that you put your Christmas stuff in on Christmas Eve. Um, she was wearing a stocking on her on her foot and was walking around with it, stomping around the place, singing Jingle Bells, Jingle All the Way. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is what the true meaning of Christmas is. Watching young family members get really excited about Christmas. Ah, it's Christmas. Did, it I, is, did I mention it's Christmas? It's, <laughs> that to me is like what the joy of Christmas is, like the cheesy songs and seeing little babies and young people in the family be really happy. And like last week we were talking about family and we were chatting about some of the struggles of our LGBTQ plus siblings and um, the struggles that they have with family, particularly at Christmas time. And since Christmas is all about family, we wanted to continue that theme this week. But this time we wanted to look at all the incredible diverse types of family that exist under the LGBTQ plus rainbow. Yes, we left off last week with a clip of journalist Mishti Ali talking about her idea of chosen family. So that's where we'll kick off again this week. Have a listen to part of a chat that Emma Goswell had with a couple called Amir and Amir. In this clip, they talk about moving away from Amir's deeply orthodox family in order to live as their true and happy selves. Uh, and so unfortunately, because of their religious views that are driven uh, by, um, sorry, their, their views on homosexuality that mm -hmm. are driven by their re religious views, uh, meant that they no longer want to uh, have a relationship with me. So they um, have uh, thrown me out uh, of their family uh, household and I have not been in touch with them for a number of years. But it's got to the point where, you know, you realise that everything happens for a reason. Family is not what you think it is. You know, as gay people, we get to choose our family. So true. And yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And... There's so much to unpick that I think it's just best that I pursue my happiness and freedom rather than trying to, you know, do a botched job of understanding each other. But, you know, spinning it into a positive, I, you know, if I had to go through the same experience in order to be where I am right now in life, I would. I would go through the same experience again because on the other side is my truth, my authenticity, my honesty, uh, my dignity. And my happiness, ultimately. And, you know, there's no price that's too high to pay for your own happiness. You know, only last week we were speaking about chosen families. And it's really nice to see Amir doing just that, you know, accepting that sometimes you have to cut off certain people or change your relationships with certain people. And with that, have the pain of that change and, and cutting off people just to get to the nicer side of life. Yeah, I think some of the things that we touched on last week are really, really tough. You know, um, 
moving away from the people that you love and cutting them out of your life can be one of the hardest decisions to make, but also a really strong decision to make, a, a really powerful choice to sort of say, I know who I am and I want to live authentically as me and nothing and no one is going to stop me from doing that. Um, I think that's really powerful and, you know, with our community coming out and, and all sorts of things that we go through, lots of people refer to the LGBTQ plus community as being inspiring. Um, sometimes that word I think is overused, but I really do think <laughs> in this scenario it is kind of inspiring to see somebody put themselves first and and just wanting to live their life in the most happy way that they can. It's a really, really hard thing to hear you know we we were talking earlier on about how excited we are for our families to be coming together and having that and we we kind of are in a really lucky position to to have that but also as as you know people in the lgbtq plus family we do have that power to choose the people that we we call our family because sometimes in the case of people i know and sometimes in the case of people the guests who've been on virgin radio pride and the people who we've heard from on the podcast our families might not necessarily be as accepting who we are. But as I say, that story of isolation is, is really tough. It is just really positive to see Amir and Amir come through that and to get through a much nicer side of life. It does sort of make you smile at this time because quite a lot of things can be really tough and Christmas can be a particularly triggering moment. And it's nice to have positive things and positive stories that for those people who are finding it tough or who are in a rough patch themselves right now, there is kind of hope at the, I was going to say end of the rainbow, but that feels quite cheesy, doesn't it? Cliche, Alex. Absolutely. It's so great to hear that Amir and Amir were able to be their true selves by moving away. Obviously, you know, some people will think that it's a shame that they had to cut those ties with their family. But at the end of the day, if Amir's parents simply weren't able to accept him, that's what he felt he had to do. Of course. And... Fortunately, though, some parents, despite reacting negatively at first, are able to turn around and there are even support groups available. One of these groups is Families Together London, which was set up to be a listening ear for the parents, families and friends of people in the LGBTQ plus community. And one of their members is Mary, who initially struggled to accept her daughter's sexuality when she came out. But have a listen to Mary chatting to Emma Goswell about the progress that the organisation has made. They're even regular attendees at Pride. I mean, I do say to people, this is how parents feel. Imagine what our children feel if Mm. this is how we feel. And I always stress that if you're feeling like this, just imagine what your child is going through or has been through. Yeah, absolutely. When they look at it from the child's point of view, then a lot of them kind of refocus their minds. And I always say that the reason people come to us, even if they're in tears, the reason they're in our group is because they love their child. Mm. It's not because they hate them, it's because they love them and they want to support them. Exactly. And I guess you've had some real success stories, haven't you? I mean, I've read some on your website. There's, you know, the people have been on real journeys of, uh, of understanding to, to accept their elderly children. Yes, yes, they have. Yeah. Can you think of any that particularly stand out for you? Well, I remember one that um, cried and cried and cried. And then came one meeting and said, I told my brother 
And it was just such a lovely moment that they were so overjoyed that they could tell another member of the family. Mm -hmm. Um, And in fact, um, their child was married and they brought in pictures of the wedding. And, you know, people really celebrate. People kind of arrive in a terrible state. But after a couple of months, we we do manage to turn them around. Um, And then, of course, they're really proud when they when their child gets married. So. That's um, something for real celebration. And in fact, some of them are so proud they march in um, London Pride marches, don't they? Yes, yes, we have a large group at London Pride. I don't yeah. go myself for the different reasons, but um, yeah, no, we do have a really large and I think fairly rowdy, happy group. Um, yeah, at Pride, look out for us, everyone. I love that. I'm a huge advocate for letting people come with you on the journey of accepting your identity whether that's your gender or your sexuality I've said it time and time again it takes ages for somebody themselves to be comfortable enough to have that conversation with a family member or a loved one about who they are and how they identify and being able to give that person time and space to be able to fully understand what it is that you are telling them is really important I mean obviously it's great if people like as soon as you tell them are like fully supportive and get the rainbow bunting out but I think it's so important to let people have that space to grow and understand exactly what it is and yeah that journey of acceptance actually there's there's a sort of link to the story behind the organization itself you know people uh who find it difficult to accept their children's sexuality then kind of came together to create a group after they reach that point of acceptance and understanding, actually work to help other people reach that point of acceptance. So that that story right there of of reaching that moment of you know accepting your loved one's sexuality actually resulted in an organisation which helps other people accept their loved ones' identities. Absolutely, and I think what can be really isolating for, say, for example, parents is they might not know anybody else who has an LGBTQ plus child. And so they might have worries, concerns, questions, and they don't know who to turn to. And organisations like this are really important to allow them to have that space and find their community of parents of LGBTQ plus people because we've got our community and that might not be the right space for for you know a, a parent or a guardian or, or a grandparent or a carer or whoever those kinds of um, spaces that we have set up for ourselves as queer people might not feel like the right places for them to go and ask those questions and have that sort of feeling of community because they aren't explicitly queer um, but these kinds of places allow them to share that part of themselves and have friends who are going through similar things and who have similar relationships maybe with with their children of course and reaching that like a reaching that moment of accepting yourself is a lonely experience in itself it just as the the person you know work coming to terms as you mentioned like that journey of, of eventually accepting your identity that is quite a lonely experience if you don't have the right support network around you so it's really nice to see that that lonely experience of being absolutely petrified to tell your family and that can come from all these different sorts of places in our lives but it's really nice to know there are these positive stories that can come out of it and most people ultimately do have positive stories to 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 kind of tell about it it's just that it's that initial fear 
the initial like i remember being petrified when i was about to and that was without you know the the, the fear of, of not thinking that my family were intolerant and wouldn't accept me so it's really good that there are positive stories and positive experiences that can come out of it yeah and i think you know throwing back to what my christmas plans are for example to me the people coming round are part of my queer family they're friends who i think of as family members i love like family members they're part of the core group of people that i would want rain or shine first people i tell good news to people i want to cry on the shoulder of when there's bad news and that's the thing about queer families and lgbtq plus families is they can be the people who raised you they can be the people who are of the same age as you who you like to go to bars with they can be all these different shapes and sizes and it's something that is so beautiful and we've spoken a lot over the past couple of weeks about the struggles that some parents might have to accept their children as lgbtq plus people and it's really great to hear that organizations such as families together london are putting in the work to help but what about the members of the LGBTQ plus community who want to be parents themselves? Let's hear now from Catherine Gillespie-Sells, who talks about having two children in a heterosexual relationship and then another child after she had come out as a lesbian. Having having a family, having having added Tashka to the family that, if you know, it was mm-hmm. momentous having you and your brother, don't get me wrong, you know, stop. Kind of expected. Yeah, well, marvellous, <laughs> marvellous, part of the heterosexual yeah. family. My little brother and then was, having, yeah, so he came along when I was 10 or something, about yeah, 9 or 10. Yeah, about 9, your brother was Yeah, 10, my brother was 10 or 11, mine yeah. was about 9, and yeah. my little brother was born through artificial insemination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, into a lesbian family. Yeah, yeah, it's a couple. Even then before, even then, yes, even then before it was fashionable. Yes, yes, it certainly was. <laughs> you know, Shivani, the one thing I get from that is, I, I'm going to have to use some air quotes around this one, but, you know, some people have that dream of having kids and, you know, having that family. I, I will admit I've had that at some point. You know, I want to have kids maybe down somewhere down the line. But that it's really nice to know that that sort of dream of having kids doesn't just die out because you're finally living as your true self and, you know, living as a lesbian i just think that's really really nice that it's a sort of story that you don't have to be in a heterosexual relationship there are other ways of having kids yeah it's so nice to see that represented and so nice to see that people have done that before us i think when you say it out loud it makes perfect sense like if you've always wanted kids or you've never wanted kids why would that change because of who you want to be in a relationship with right or who you don't want to be in a relationship with surely that's just a part of who you are just like being gay or bisexual or lesbian or trans is part of who you are but I guess it's kind of a misconception that once you've come out you've shut down that ability to start a family because I guess we have such a conventional way of thinking about the word family and creating a family is Something that I think we're, when we say those phrases, I think we're kind of stuck in the past with what jumps to mind. Yeah, and I think it also matters, you know, people gradually being exposed to other ideas of what families look like, rather than it just being the traditional, um, and again, air quotes, but you know that phrase that people use, the nuclear family, where 
it's supposedly a mum, a dad, a son and a daughter, the nuclear family. And I'm like, well, I, I have loads of siblings and I absolutely love it. It's chaotic. It's Christmas is so much fun and all of that kind of bizarreness. And we are very far away from the nuclear family, yet here we are having an amazing time. I think as well, as I was a kid growing up, I noticed, you know, and, and even though you, you don't necessarily come to terms with it a bit later on in your life, but I remember seeing all the parents were mums and dads and there were no, you know, strays from that. There was, there was, there were no same sex parents out on the school grounds picking up their kids. And it's really nice to know that actually there are people who younger members of my family are going to school with that have same sex parents. And as you know, you start to see things and are exposed to them at a younger age, it becomes normalized and it's really, really nice. Yeah, I think it is one of those things about growing representation. And I think it was so much harder for queer people to have children in the decades gone by, like the 70s, 80s, 90s. I think things in terms of equality in that space has come miles and miles beyond yeah. what it was in the past. And it's making it, you know, it's still quite difficult if you're a same-sex couple. There are lots of barriers. There are still financial barriers and, and social barriers. But it's come so far that it is possible. You know, we see in the news that there's a YouTuber couple, Wegan, I think that's what they're called, who are trying to have a baby through IVF. And that's like on the news. That's on the BBC. That wouldn't have been the kind of thing that, you know, was on the news in the 90s. That They wouldn't have given that sort of thing the same amount of airtime and, and seriousness that they are now. They're, they're reporting it because it's a real issue. And I think previously, um, people who would have made those decisions about what to and what not to report in the news would have not necessarily taken that idea of two women wanting to have a child as a serious topic. No, of course, it's shown that societal attitudes have really, really changed to actually just embracing, you know, different family structures because they are real family structures. You know, same sex parents are real parents. Um, and it's it's really nice as well. You know, I remember letters at school. It used to be like, like really, really gendered and specific, but then it kind of turned to dear parent or guardian because it recognized that there were people that will take on that responsible like part of that child's life but not be biological parents. And it's it's really interesting that, that even that was a, an unpopular change at some schools. And it's just really nice to see we're moving forward. Also, I have to say, one of the things that I thought about when I was listening to that clip of Dan and Catherine talking about it, is it was just how natural they were talking about, you know, he mentioned artificial insemination. We, we talk, uh, <laughs> it's, it's cliche, but we talk about us with our cliches, eh? We talk about the birds and the bees of our parents uncomfortably. Yes, uncomfortably. I really don't want to go back to that day. But there's also the birds and the birds and the bees and the bees. And we're still talking about that normally. And that's really, really refreshing to to see and hear. Yeah, I think what well, you just mentioned, artificial insemination as well. Like growing up, I think when I started to understand about um, same-sex couples having children, I was sort of made aware somehow of the turkey-baster method. Of course. And that was sort of all I thought it was, like adoption or turkey-baster, and those were your sort of two options. And then I listened to this incredible podcast um, that Freddie McConnell hosts called Pride and Joy. See what they did there? Oh, I love it. 
It's called. It's, they put some thought into that title, and it's it's all about how they like have all of these different families that come together in all these different wonderful ways, and the creation of of family and and how different people in the family have different roles to play. So, you know, if you're trying for a child, what role does your mum play or what role does your sibling play? And it's really, really interesting about how you can bring the family that you were raised by and with um, into the family that you are creating. It was so beautiful. And so we've spoken about children coming out as LGBTQ+, we've spoken about LGBTQ plus parents, but what happens when you come out but then so does your parent. That's exactly what happened to Phil and his dad, Gary, and we'll hear from them straight after the Aversion Radio Pride weekly update with Daryl. Hello, first this week. A group of MPs say the existing procedure for gender recognition is outdated and entrenches gender stereotypes. The Women and Equalities Committee recommends people should be able to get their gender recognition certificate through self-declaration, which would eliminate medical scrutiny. Under current laws, transgender people have to live in their acquired gender for two years before they can obtain legal recognition. Now, Sir Elton John says recording a song with Nicki Minaj was on his bucket list. Their tune, Always Love You, is part of the British star's new album. They were on a video call set up by Elton John's Rocket Entertainment Group, with some of the others who also appear on it, including Dua Lipa, Miley Cyrus and Stevie Wonder. If there's anything that's going to make a difference in the world, connected with love, is music. We do it from our hearts. We do it from our experiences. Stevie, I love you so much. Thanks for doing the song with me. It's one of my favourite things ever. Lockdown Sessions was recorded remotely over the last 18 months. Strictly Come Dancing runner-up John Waite says he'll use Christmas as an excuse to stay horizontal for 12 hours a day. The baker was beaten to the glitter ball trophy by Rose Ailing Ellis at the weekend. He says he deserves a bit of a break during the festive period. My partner and I have booked a little cabin in Scotland for Christmas and we're going to go up there, turn our phones off, sit by the fire all day, drink excessive amounts of malt whiskey and uh, yeah, just, just retreat. I think it's the retreat for me is what's important about Christmas. And Olympic diver Tom Daly will give Channel 4's alternative Christmas message this year. The 27-year-old gold medalist is going to talk about his pride in representing Great Britain while applauding athletes who've spoken out about their mental health. He'll also pay tribute to those who've called out homophobia in sport, particularly in football. That's all from me for this week and indeed this year. Have a great Christmas and I'll see you in 2022. Thanks, Daryl, and Merry Christmas. Now, we spoke a minute ago about Catherine Gillespie-Sells coming out as gay and having a child in her new relationship. But what if you come out as gay and then your parent also comes out as gay? That's exactly what happened to Phil and his dad, Gary. Here, have a listen to Phil talking about the moment that Gary came out to him. Well, I've always thought he was a bit feminine and... (laughs) Right. He, he, he likes opera and he likes musical theatre and he, and he, he, he likes all, okay. all the, all the uh, stereotypical things. Works in fashion. Works in, he teaches fashion at school. Yeah. And he... Do you like Carly Minogue, Gary? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, no, thank no, you. No, no. Abba? No. Oh, Abba's all right. Yeah. Three o'clock in the morning when you've had a few. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, party goers, you two, aren't you? Oh, oh yeah. Oh. 
So you didn't really suspect then, Phil? No, not at all. It was only up until the age of about 20, 21 that I started thinking, hmm, is there something here? And, and, and Dad took me for a, for a drink once and he said, I've got something to tell you. And he, and he was looking at the floor and I said, you're gay, aren't you? And he said, yeah. And I thought, I can't believe I've just said that to me, Dad. And I can't believe my dad's just answered with that. You know, it was, well, it was a moment. It really is a moment, isn't it? It sounds like something from a movie, doesn't it? Let's Up until it. then, I was very guarded. I think I, I was very, very guarded. I'm not like I am now at all. Well, no, you, you were very out and proud when I met you at the weekend because <coughs> it was Manchester Pride. Phil was there with his boyfriend and his dad, Gary, and his husband. So, yes, a very modern gay family. Imagine that. Like, just imagine... The tension in the room as like Phil's coming out and then Gary's like, sit down, son. I've got something to tell you as well. <laughs> Wouldn't you be a bit miffed off that you've had your thunder stolen from you? I know. It's like when people get married and then somebody like proposes at the wedding. It's like, oh, this no, is my no, that's moment. A faux pas. It's, um, it's nice though, isn't it? That they've actually come on that journey together. I, I say miffed off, actually. If I had a loved one who I was coming out to, then feel they had the moment, the space to come out themselves, I wouldn't be miffed off. I'd be through the moon with them. Yeah, I guess at the same time, it is that person having something to tell you and trusting you in that space and time to share that part of themselves with you, which is always great and always like, you know, uh, an, an honour to be able to have someone trust you that much to tell you something that they find quite terrifying to do. Oh, yeah. Um, and and it's great that they seem to have such a good relationship as well. They're out together at Manchester Pride bumping into Emma Goswell. Isn't that just absolutely adorable? It's a dream come true. Anyone would want to bump into Emma Goswell, but out at Manchester Pride with your dad bumping into Emma Goswell. That is... <laughs> that stuff movies are made of. I know, but this wouldn't have happened 20 years ago, would it? Not in no. the slightest. Yeah, not in the slightest. And I think it's kind of sad to think of how much time Gary might have felt like he's missed because he's felt like he's not been able to come out for so long. What what an absolute journey, though. What an absolute journey. And that's almost it from us today. But before we go, we wanted to leave you with a story of one of the most incredible LGBTQ plus families around. And this family was all started by Ben Carpenter, a single dad who's adopted five children, all with additional complex needs. Have a listen to Ben talking about when he met his daughter, Ruby, for the very first time. And as I was leaving, I noticed that there was one stall that, uh, that, that I, I must have missed. And I went over and they were just packing up. And I says, oh, hello, my name's Ben Carpenter. And I'd like a little girl with disability. And she went, oh, wow. She says, oh, my goodness. She says, we've got a little girl. Oh, she'd be wonderful with you. She said, um, oh, I don't think I've got any profiles left. They've all been taken. She went, I tell you what, I have the hard copy. So I took the hard copy. And this sounds so dramatic when I say it, but I still get goosebumps when I talk about it. She passed over this profile and I saw these piercing blue eyes and it said, my name is Ruby. Could you be my parent? And I just felt this gush of I don't know what to call it, just this emotion. And I, I, I thought, this is my daughter. This is my daughter. If you want something to warm up your heart, that's, that's the clip for it, isn't it? You know, you might be feeling cold at Christmas, but it's all right. That, that moment there, uh, yeah, really tugs at your heartstrings, really just makes you kind of go, oh, wow, some people are, no, 
I'm going to use air quotes again, meant to be. I think, you know, with adoption and a lot of the time with LGBTQ plus people having kids or wanting to have kids is that child is so wanted. And it's it's hearing Ben talk about, you know, meeting Ruby that really reinforces just how much that's the case. Of course. And on that note, a very happy note, that is just about all we've got time for today and for this year. But fear not, because we will be back in the new year, continuing more of the fantastic conversations which we started earlier this year on Virgin Radio Pride. And of course, something else to look forward to in 2022, we'll be back with Virgin Radio Pride back in May. Isn't that exciting? But before we go, Shivani, I have a little Christmas present for you. Um, We've been talking a lot about parents for the last couple of episodes, and I've got a message from your lovely mum right here. Hey, Shivani. You know, I always said that no matter what, I'll always love you. And that's the case to me. It doesn't matter if you're gay, straight, bisexual, cis, trans or non-binary. You'll always be my child and you'll always have your family. Love you lots. My mum is one of those people who did that thing of not fully getting it when I first came out. There was no red carpet. There was no bunting. And now she's like fully here. She's like schooled up on the lingo and on board with the message and I think you know struggled at times when I first came out and struggled with things like me saying please stop calling me your daughter and to hear her use the word child there is is really nice because it sort of just shows like I don't know that she's she's learning and she's adapting and she's evolving and and that's all we can ask for um Alex, the thing is, is I was texting your mum to try and get you a nice sentimental Christmas voice note as well. Um, But we got distracted sending memes to one another. Oh, yeah. My mum is a fan of a gift, to be fair. So uh, I'm not surprised. She's got good gift game. Yeah, she definitely does. And emoji game as well. You found that one out as well? Aubergines. What does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that is it from us for Christmas. We'll be back in the new year. But until then, we'd love to hear any comments and or aubergine emojis you might have. Or if you just want to have an atta, we're all ears. Please, only the emojis though. No uh, JPEGs or PNG files. (laughs) If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can do so on Twitter. We're at Virgin Radio UK using the hashtag Virgin Radio Pridecast. Or you can email us on pridecast at virginradio.co.uk. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Until then, have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. I hope you and your loved ones find time to rest and relax during this period of very frequent lateral flow testing. Pass the sprouts.